So, I, you know, we're doing all a bunch of this remote shit now. I'm doing remote mm-hmm. voiceover work. We're doing remote remote podcasting. And mm-hmm. I, I, I ordered a new microphone. I ordered a good microphone, like a, a $100 plus one. And I'm excited for it. I get to the checkout. And Amazon talking about three weeks for your prime delivery. Now, look, I know shit is going on. But God damn, Amazon, three weeks? You ain't see that video of that worker breaking down being like, Close the shop down unless it's an essential item. Okay. I forgot no. what he was like. He's like, diapers are essential items, but dildos, <laughs> dildos are not essential. <laughs> this thing is I, I, I disagree. I don't know. I bro. disagree. All the people out there who like penises inside of them, they need sex too. Okay. Yes, but you to get a new dildo and expect that shit to get in on prime delivery is kind of wild. <laughs> <laughs> what if <laughs> it's kind of what wild. if you had a what if you had a fuck buddy? All right, let me run a scenario by you. Run a scenario by me. Let's say you're a sex addict. Okay. And COVID nineteen has fucked you up, and and, in, That's fair. and sex is your addiction, and you just getting your dick any way which way you wanted it, but you didn't have a dildo. Would you consider mm. that an essential item then? I mean, that is a situation, right? I mean, like, you know, I'm all about I'm all about respecting addictions and not necessarily saying that you have to feed the addiction, but understanding mm-hmm. that it's not so easy to just get off the wagon. Right. Damn, you're right. I would say that's an but essential you, item. But are you telling me that a sex addict don't have toys already? <laughs> I mean, this one don't. This one, <laughs> this okay. this specific this, one doesn't. For the sake of your argument, this one. Yeah, doesn't. for the sake of my argument, this this one only prefers human to human sexual contact. But That's right fair. now, they are not getting that. Speaking of sex toys, Matt Apodaca here on the pod with us. Mm. What's up, my kings? How you doing? How are you? Up, I man? think I think Edgar just called you a sex toy. I know. I I heard him. Yeah, I did. He did call me that. Uh, if, and, if you were a sex toy, what would you be, Matt? Well, probably, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which one would you be, Matt? If you were a sex toy, what sex toy would you be? Probably just one you could put in your pocket and forget about. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? So like a pocket That's... vibrator? Yeah, nothing nothing too special, nothing too fancy. does what it needs to do, and then, you know, you just kind of put it away. I think we're asking, like, what, like, there's so many different kinds of sex yeah. toys, you know what I'm saying? You got your butt plugs, you got your butt massagers, or, sorry, prostate massagers, you got, you know, beads, you got mm-hmm. dildos, vibrators. Mm-hmm. Fleshlights. <laughs> Fleshlights. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm open to any, I'm open to any of them. Oh. Uh, oh, I'm happy to, I'll, whatever, whatever your need might be, oh, I'd like to re- uh, replace that need for you. Guys, I'm Tell, sorry. This I is see Anna. Anna yes, in the screen. It's gonna be a thing. Uh, I think. As tell Anna doing to this pretend here. like this is at Earwolf. Yeah. Would she bust through the door? <laughs> and I know the answer. <laughs> I know the answer is probably yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So Anna, Jaquise wants you to know that you should treat this room that I'm in right now as if I was at Earwolf, and you probably wouldn't just bust through the door while I was recording. She said that's fair. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard, but my uh, my cat just meowed uh, next to me 
it yeah. sounds beautiful. It's hard oh. doing this shit at home. It's like yeah. I heard it's, on a oh no, say what you're about to say, Jaquise. No, 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 you go ahead. I heard Anna on a work call earlier, and they were talking about she writes on this on this show that's like hip hop centric, and they were talking about the nigga song. Like they, I guess they're doing a sketch called the nigga song. Mm-hmm. And just hearing them say that in a work call all day kind of kind of made me insane. <laughs> Did, was Anna saying nigga? No, nah, she. There's just a bunch of people going like, "Yeah, you know, I think we could use an N word here. We maybe use an N word." It was like, <laughs> it was so technical and professional. It was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's like something I wouldn't be privy to, except for in this very unique situation. Where Let me tell we're you, hearing what, each other's work. I mean, so Jess, Jess does Muay Thai. Like she, she goes to a Muay Thai gym. She does Muay Thai. She's been doing it for over a year and a half. That's right. And Shout out to Tony Jaw. Who is that? Don't worry. Ask her. She'll know. Okay. I'll ask her. But they just started like online classes um, mm-hmm. this week. And so she did the first mu- Muay Thai class and she was in our bedroom, door closed. But like the whole time, I'm just hearing, ah, ah, oh, <laughs> and like it just made me feel some type of way. I'm like, what? I know she in there alone, but I don't like hearing those noises come from no. my bedroom, no. from my from my significant <laughs> other. Dang. I love that Jess is doing Muay Thai, bro. She about to unbock your ass, bro. Oh, dude, she been doing. She could she could probably kick my ass right now. Have you seen unbock? Unbox. Ong Bak. No, what's that? The Protector. No, I have not Ong seen Bak that. Ong Bak 2. No, I haven't. What is it? <laughs> Man, y'all not, into, y'all not into Muay Thai. Yo, hey, shout out to all my Muay Thai heads out there. Hey, listen, Tony dude. Jo- you and Jessica Tony have Johnson, conversations. Man. She be watching the Muay Thai movies? She be watching like, she be she's into like mixed martial arts and shit now. She be like oh, watching yeah. UFC fights and shit. Um, tell her tell her to check out Ong Bak, The Protector. And the raid. Okay, all right. I'll tell her. I'll, I'll tell her, and uh, and then I'll have her report back. That's right. Have a report back. Watch her. Watch it with her. There's some. There, those movies are dope, man. There's some I, cool stuff in those movies. I'll watch them. I'll watch them. Shit, we ain't got nothing to do but watch stuff together. That's That's nothing facts. to do. Um, I am as of this recording on day. What's this? Twenty one. Something like that. Twenty one. Twenty two of quarantine mm-hmm. actually haven't left my house besides just going to like the mailbox or the garbage can who's buying your groceries we stocked up we stocked up for like two and a half weeks oh, um good. so i haven't left my house for like five days is what i was about to say and uh i'm going it's it's, it's weird man i'm going crazy i'm going crazy i don't like it I get it. I get it. I guess because I've been moving, I've left the house every single day. Mm. Are so you still not, moving? I literally, literally moved the last things out of my house the the 31st. Shit. All right. Welcome I to your pay- new house officially. Officially. I'm officially in. Paid the rent yesterday. I mean, actually, you know what? I didn't pay my rent. Yes, you did. I didn't pay my rent. Yes, you did. You paid it all. You paid extra. Okay, can I defend can I defend myself? Go ahead. I'm not renting from a rental company. You're renting from a person. Yes. Mm-hmm. And 
I feel bad not paying the rent to her. So let me let me let me let me let me back you up. Let me support you. Um, two things. One, there are landlords out there who have bills to pay, just like we do, right? So I can't be mad at those specific landlords when they was like, hey, dude, I'm in danger of losing my shit, too, if I don't pay the mortgage. If you can afford to pay the rent, pay the rent. If you can't afford it, because that will help people who can't afford to pay the rent, right? Yeah. And uh, I understand that, like, there's no mortgage payments or anything like that. But it's just like, yeah, but she got two kids. She got, like, there's other shit she needs the money for. It's not just her mortgage. Like, yeah. I also know that her way of work has stopped since this has happened. Um, Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I felt weird being like this. If it was a rental company, you best believe I would have been like, fuck these niggas. I ain't paying shit. Mm-hmm. But truly, it's a woman who lives right next door to me. Like, you know, yeah. she's like this nice lady. Very sweet. I think that's fair. I think that's super fair. I think like again if you can afford to pay your rent there's no need to not pay it because absolutely you're helping a person especially if it's from like a landlord who has been good to you or in your case you just moved in like i you know like my landlord for instance is a single landlord it's not a rental company but she also lives in the mansion on in the burbank hills so i don't necessarily feel bad for her at no, all you shouldn't you shouldn't at all <laughs> Because she is wealthy. I did pay my rent as well. I was able to afford this month's rent, which was nice. I'm very happy about that. But, but if you can't afford your shit, and especially if it's a rental company, give them the middle niggas. finger. Fuck them Fuck them niggas. Fuck them Fuck niggas. Em. But if, you're, if, you're, if your landlord is this woman who lives upstairs and is very nice. Mm-hmm. And was just like, oh, my God, you moved the trash cans. Thank you, Edgar. That was so nice of you. I've had such a stress week. And she sits there and she talks to you. And you're just like, all right, I'm listening to this conversation, but I kind of want to finish my joint in peace. But Mm -hmm. go ahead. Keep talking. And then she goes upstairs and then you go upstairs into your house and you go, wow, I just listened to that whole lady's life. Mm. Pay your rent. I mean, it sounds like you have a new friend. And it's your landlord. Yeah, I would like to. I think my landlord is my. Hey guys, landlords are friends. Hey, <laughs> I'm just I think you, bro. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're really not. They're really not. Uh, uh, we're doing something. We, we have a guest today. Our first, that's right. our 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 a quarantined guests are all in separate places. I think I'm gonna make it a crusade to uh, say to everyone who's listening to this throughout this entire shit, uh, stay your ass in the crib. That's wash right. your hands that's be right. smart be safe that's right um and we are going to continue to bring you content doing the same thing uh edgar who we got today our guest today is an amazing amazing man he is one of the showrunners for dear white people jack moore we're gonna talk to him about that we're gonna talk to him about his writing we're gonna talk to him about a lot of shit man he's a cool dude i feel like Jakeesh, you're going to really vibe with this dude because he's a smart, cool dude. I love it. Let's fucking talk to... You know what? Before we get to it, when when you first told me who was the guest today, mm-hmm. um, I because I, I didn't know uh, who Jack Moore was before mm-hmm. this, I looked him up, and the only Jack Moores that came up was a 14-year-old white kid uh, yeah. who's like on some 
a couple TV shows. And that's, I racked my brain. I racked my brain for 45 minutes wondering why you wanted a 14-year-old white kid on Culture Kings. Well, you're about to find out because that's Jack Moore. That's my boss. Oh, really? Yeah, Damn. That's, that him. that's him. Damn. Well, you know what? Let's talk to this 14-year-old white kid. How's your how's your OC rewatch been? Are you still doing that? Are you did you give up on that? No, I am. I'm on season two. Oh, still good. We we haven't hit the point where it, it goes totally off the rails yet. Uh, yeah. We're flirting with it, but we haven't. I was amazed how much they did. Twenty seven episodes of the first yes, season. bro. That, that, that is first, insane. Crazy. That first season. That first season. First of all. I love that you're rewatching the OC. I did a rewatch of the OC last year, and it was beautiful. That first so season had enough storylines for four seasons. Oh my <laughs> god! Well, I was saying to Edgar uh, and the Dear White People writers the other day that I had gotten to the episode where it goes totally meta, and the kids on the show are watching. Yes. An OC esque show called The Valley. The Valley. Yep. Starring <laughs> Colin Hanks as a Seth Cohen type. I love it. And that one is like a season five idea. That is not a uh, <laughs> that is not a season one idea. And yet not it's in season one. And two, it works somehow. It should not work, but yeah. it totally works. Listen, I am a stan of the OC all day, every day. I love it. The end of season two. Uh, love it the love best. it yes the best that's I, i'm excited to uh i'm excited to get there you're excited to get to the trey storyline oh trey <laughs> oh truly trey. when things go crazy yes <laughs> do they still make teeny dramas like that that are based in reality like i guess probably the only one is like the bold type do y'all watch have y'all heard of the bold type i've no. seen a few episodes it sort of lives in a similar place but i feel like all those like I feel like that, and like what's the Sutton Foster show with uh, with Lizzie McGuire? Oh, uh, uh, younger. Yeah, like I feel like all those shows kind of live in the same weird yeah. world. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Gossip Girl was the last. I mean, it's the same people as the OC, but like that felt like very OC ish. Yeah, yeah. And that felt like the ending of an era, right? Because like feels like all the teen dramas now are somehow like that. You have that like witches or like zombies or some well, shit riverdale riverdale really is the oc i mean riverdale is just the oc like but yeah, it has like gargoyles shit. and shit right does it have gargoyles did it go to gargoyles i heard somebody talking about it and they bought up gargoyles and they said <laughs> yeah gargoyles are and i was like what the fuck is y'all watching <laughs> i watched the first season and there was definitely like a lot of murder but there wasn't uh there weren't gargoyles. That's crazy. That's, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it is. It is wild. I mean, you know what it is, I think. So the OC ended after four seasons, but the rest of them shows just went on for so long. Like they basically became like One Tree Hill. They oh, were like yeah. 40 by the time that show ended, like on the show, not even just in real life, <laughs> like on the show. They were they skipped like nine years at one point i love when they do the time jump because the actors have gotten too old to continue playing yeah Yeah. that's 
Didn't the OC do a time jump at one point? No, they did a year time jump. I was going to say, because doesn't Caitlin show back up? I can't remember. Yeah. It's been a while. But Caitlin shows back up and she goes from being like eight years younger than them to being like two years a younger woman. than them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they did a time jump. She comes back. Willa Holland played Caitlin. Uh, uh, and and Chris Brown was in the OC. Why? No, I don't remember episodes. Chris Brown. He's in like three or four episodes. <laughs> it I'm just got wild. The, I'm just at the Olivia Wilde arc, which mm, is uh, just wow. great. Also wild to see, pardon the pun, uh, to see <laughs> her uh, like being the least famous person in these mm, scenes. Yeah. When yeah. it's so, like even watching it, you're just like, oh, she's more like, I don't know if I would have felt this way at the time. But she seems like more of a star than everybody else, even as just the bartender. Right. You know That's what show- how it feels uh, watching The Wire right now, because like Michael right. B. Jordan is just in these scenes as like a little kid, and they're all kind of ignoring him and shitting on him. And it's like he's about to like outrank all of these niggas. Like every single nigga on that cast, he's more famous he, than. Do you think Michael B. Jordan and Idris Elba see each other and like pretend not to remember anybody else's name from The Wire? One hundred percent. One hundred. Wait, who are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, I'm Michael B. Jordan. Nigga, I know we did eight seasons of the show together. Tristan Wilds. Tristan Wilds is furious. Yeah. yeah. You know what show I was thinking? Uh, shout out to Kevin Chestnut. He 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 uh, he bought this up. But a show that's gonna have that same feel uh, when it comes back is Atlanta. When Atlanta yes. ended, they were like they were all just starting to like. I mean, Donald Glover was already. But yeah. now when it comes back, these niggas are movie stars now. And then even RJ is a series regular on another show. Like all of them have blown up. It's going to feel like a reunion show when it comes back. Yeah. It really is. Are the RJ part of it? I'm curious. To, that is I, me and Edgar have talked about this in the Do uh-huh. White people room, but that is the most transparent shade I've ever seen in anything. Yeah. And, uh, Donald toured with Chance for so long. It's it's like it's like weird when you're like you two were very publicly friends. Yeah, and yeah. then it's just like, are we just gonna pretend this isn't supposed to be Chance? Like, yeah, is is that's exactly who it's supposed to be? <laughs> I mean, I think it's fair because look at what Chance has become. I mean, that last album was like such a industry plant album, and like I don't even <laughs> like using that word. Like you know, I'm not I'm not Joe Budden, but. <laughs> are you sure well, i think you're joe budden <laughs> i think I, you're joe that's budden. my theory for a while <laughs> <laughs> but like that album was so like i when when joe budden came at him when he released that one song which i liked that was on late night uh not late night it's whatever colbert. that that colbert show yeah and then like i was like nah i'm gonna I'm a defend this dude like i think that's a good song and then the whole album came out and like, I, I love Ben Gibbard. I don't think that Chance the Rapper and Ben Gibbard should have a song together. Like, I think like, you know, there should be a separation there a little bit. But that album was so fucking pop. And like, it was bad. This is something that's going to blow. Was bad. Yeah. That's the was problem bad. was it was just bad. Like I because Ben Gibbard and Chance inherently could. I mean, like you could say the same thing about like justin vernon and kanye like in theory yeah. and yet it that's works true. great you that's know or true. it worked great um but like yeah that whole album was trash i like mm-hmm. and that i don't really that colbert song's not on that album like it's not it on that album that vibe isn't even on that album that like no the chance like 
spoken word a the stuff like that Biden was like coming for him yeah about is not like part of that album's aesthetic at all that's a good point you don't think justin vernon picks up that phone if kanye calls him yeah no he does for sure okay for, i was like he's gonna pick up that phone for sure i think most people pick up that phone still if kanye calls him yeah uh, uh, i don't know bro i think I only think- t- I feel like we're all in an abusive relationship with Kanye. Like he's all of our, he's all of our shitty boyfriend. And Mm -hmm. anytime he does anything that seems like maybe he's getting his shit together again, we're like, Oh, it's all turning around now. This is the good kind. We're good. We're good. And then he does the same shit over and over again. I I, I agree. I agree. 100%. It's, it's weird too, because just, I mean, I loved, I mean, we all did. We loved, loved Kanye. Uh, but then, like, going back home and talking to people, uh, like, around the neighborhoods where Kanye grew up and shit, they still fuck with Kanye. It's weird, because they still fuck with Kanye in a way that we don't on the coast <laughs> anymore. Uh, well, that's just because black people will, they'll ride a ship till that ship is... Uh, Three thousand feet under the sea. I like, mean, we also <laughs> fucked. We also, I'm, you know, listen. Chicago has also fucked with R. Kelly for that's what I'm saying. Long bro. ass time. Yeah, they, <laughs> they waited till the last fucking stop to get off the train. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we was like, oh, we at Howard. All right, cool. We'll go ahead All and right. get off. We'll get off now. <laughs> uh, Jack, thank you so much for jumping on the show. Uh, now you and Edgar have a working relationship. You are the showrunner for Dear White People. Uh, so I think the question on all of our minds is, why Edgar? <laughs> oh, wow. Listen, I, I ask myself the same thing all the time. Uh, Edgar is not to like totally blow the bit, but Edgar is very very good oh uh, thank you his man. job and uh, i know this because i literally was reading a script edgar wrote today mm. and it's really good mm. oh thank you man thank you man i like to pride myself as uh the person who stops the momentum of work in the room always like uh, especially now that we're on zoom everyone's like working really hard and i'm just changing my backgrounds to different pictures of problematic people the Kellyanne Conway one definitely distracted the most. Was yeah. it the couch one? Was it Kellyanne oh, yeah, the Kellyanne? You know it was the couch one. You know it was the couch uh, one. I just want you to know, Jack, in case you don't know this, Edgar has beat his meat to that picture. Uh, too many times, probably. <laughs> oh, man. It tracks. I mean, I'm not, I did not know that, but I also am not surprised by it. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to get you in trouble, Edgar. No, it's all good. I've said way worse in the room. (laughs) So, Jack, (laughs) Jack, Uh, uh, I guess the question on everyone's mind, and I know the answer to this, but how are you a white man? You work on Dear White People. I mean, (laughs) his name is right in the title of the show, White. I know. I'm I'm the titular white person. Uh, No, I... uh, I, I'm the only white person on the yeah. in the room. Well, we have our writer's assistant Zach, uh, Edgar's future, uh, I don't know, <laughs> scene partner in something. Yeah, uh, the we, two of them have like a vaudeville act at this point. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm the only white writer in the room. That's that's been the way the whole the whole run of the show. Um, initially, I was uh, just uh, like one of the writers on the show, um, 
and Justin and I just really vibed and he liked my work and he started, especially as in the later, in like season three, uh, end of two kind of into three started leaning on me more for, for help, uh, just like helping him do his job. And so when season four, when we got the renewal, he asked me if I wanted to run it with him and I, uh, know better than to turn down a promotion, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, uh, that's that's the story of it. But uh, we definitely address it uh, a good amount in the room. So yeah. we definitely do. We talk about it all the time. But I do want to shout you out, man, because I do think that there have been a lot of times when like things have like come up, and you go, "Hey guys, I'm not the dude to talk about this." Like, how about you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you really, and I've told you this. Like, I think you do a really good job of showcasing everyone else and like really giving people. Like the time, even when we're like going down a path that is completely wrong and you know it's bad storytelling, you'll still let us get that idea out for like a really long time and kind of give us the room to do so in a way that I think means so much more so in like being like, you know, the only, like a white person in that room. Like I feel like you give everybody a lot of rope. Well, thank you. Uh, you get to keep your job. So that's. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck this was a test. This was a test. Yes. <laughs> We all set it up. <laughs> um, so, Jack, I mean, this is this is really dope to like kind of get this perspective um, from a white male who is working in a room with all people of color. Is the whole room black, or is it a uh, like a, a mix of people of color? Mostly black, and we have an Asian writer too. Okay, um, yeah. So, uh, like, what what is what are some of the things that you or what question am I trying to ask? What do you? Why do you think it works, or what do you think is the thing that you bring to the table that makes a dynamic like that work for other writers who should enter into a space where they work with more people of color and not just people who look like them. Yeah. I think, um, I think the most important thing is to always know what you don't know and be okay with that. Like be comfortable Mm. with not knowing and not try to fake like, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that I feel like I'm a great resource for in the room. Like, I think I'm, I have a, like not to toot my own horn, but I think like I have certain skills that kind of can apply to any writer's room. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there you are the most TV experience by far. Like you, you've worked in the most TV shows of anyone in the room. That might be, uh, maybe it's up there, but I, but then I think the thing that can cause people problems is, and this is true in probably all industries, but certainly in Hollywood shit is so much of it is we're, we're all taught to like fake it till we make it. And so we're all taught to act like we have the answer, even when we don't. And because like that projects confidence and that projects uh, like, uh, like it reassures people that like you belong there. And I think, especially when you're dealing with, you know, stories that are not your experience, not your lived experience, it's super important to be uh, really upfront about what you, what you don't know and give, allow the people who do know to sort of, give voice to their experience. And then I feel like my job is to help tell story with that lived experience. Like I, you know, it's, I I know it's like, I feel like I know it's like a band or something. Like, I feel like I know guitar really well, but I need 
a drummer or it doesn't work you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why uh, do black people playing the drums huh why can't the black people play the guitar they can we can have multiple guitars in a band edgar <laughs> okay you mean, we can have a prince in that room too we can have a prince yeah. in that room yeah exactly <laughs> i uh, i get what you're saying jack because it's definitely something that i'm experiencing for the first i mean i've always been th- this is the first room where i'm not the only black guy but this was the first room that i've ever experienced where i was the only straight person and that was an experience for me in terms of being like, oh, uh, there's going to be a lot of conversations where the amount of terms that I know now that I've never heard of before, I've really <laughs> blown the stuff that y'all get into and talk about. I'm just like, this is wild. And like, I found myself like, you know, knowing like, all right, I probably shouldn't speak up here or like on this storyline. I'm not the person anyone wants to hear a pitch from or anything like that. Like it is like you said, like getting rid of that instinct of, I think what you do in like a meeting or something like that is to be like oh yeah this i'm an expert on that because you want the job it's like now that you have the job it's like hey chill back and just speak when you're speaking like when you guys are talking about something like prep or something like that like i'm not gonna go ahead and speak up the only thing i know about prep is that everyone's mad at frank ocean for naming his club that it's Mm -hmm. true people did not like the frank ocean (laughs) name that uh name that party (laughs) that um yeah i think it's i think it's a great like it's it's so funny because the other side of that is there are times I can just think of in in the Dear White People room this season, uh, you know, for like a Lionel story where you know Lionel's gay and uh, dealing with like gay romance and stuff that you have pitched stuff not out of like hey it's got to be this, but you'll even I feel like this is like the way to do it where you'll sort of like have an idea and you're like, I don't know if this is right. Like, this is not my lane, but like, is this a thing? And a lot of times that's super helpful because it actually like that outside perspective. Yeah. You get like a totally different take that like we like as people who, you know, I'm bi and like all the other men in the room are gay. Um, Except again, except for Zach, (laughs) Zach sort of the, our writer's assistant sort of the exception to all the rules. Um, (laughs) But uh, you know, we, we all have like a, a lived experience that we don't necessarily see how it looks from the outside. And because the show is a bunch of diverse perspectives, uh, it's, it's helpful to have that. It's, I think that's one of the things that Justin uh, Simeon who created the show does really well is he gives he like talks about the issue drama as an idea, this idea of uh, not answering questions, but raising questions and having a bunch of different perspectives on those questions in, in a story. And uh, and so I think those competing perspectives is is super uh, beneficial for a show like we do. I just have that one memory of when y'all were all like talking about dudes that y'all thought were attractive. And then I tried to contribute and I was like, what about Brad Pitt with his shirt off? And then Justin was just like, is that what you think we like? (laughs) That was very embarrassing. That works for me. That definitely (laughs) works for me. But um, yeah, that did not uh, that did not. That was a very fun, uh, a fun <laughs> look into you cosplaying gay for a second. Yeah. You mean Zach Af- Zach Efron with his shirt off doesn't get people going? <laughs> Gets me going. Gets, Gets me going. Me going. Uh, that so that's that's this is a fun this is a fun little thought. What is uh, and both of you guys can answer this. What is something being in this room where you are, you know, a, a minority of a certain group? Uh, what's some fun shit or some crazy shit that you guys have learned that you didn't know coming into this room? 
Uh, for <laughs> me, it would be a. I don't want to be too rated R, but they were talking about anal leakage one time. Oh, and that was <laughs> that was something I didn't know about, and they were mm-hmm. talking about like how I guess afterwards stuff just be leaving, and I did not know that <laughs> stuff be leaving like. <laughs> Just stuff be leaving your butt? Yeah, man. That's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> some after uh, you know, the okay. the so, some uh <laughs> it works. Women experience it too. Right. It's, right, right. Uh, it, right. It, you know. Okay. Um okay. I think for me, over the course of the whole series, the one that comes up uh, that has been made jokes about on the show a bunch is I love breadcrumbs on mac and cheese oh boy oh boy. and i did not realize that that was pretty much explicitly a white thing and not mm-hmm. uh like the the outrage when i was when i uh pitched something about like a joke or something was uh i did not know i did not yeah. know let me tell you something let me let me let me let me give you just i don't want you to feel so bad it's not that black people don't like breadcrumbs if it's on there and it's we'll presented it. to us. We'll eat it. And we'll even yeah. say, hmm, pretty tasty. But if you were presenting that a black person was going to cook some mac and cheese with some breadcrumbs on it, nah. Or <laughs> or or specifically ask what, like, you got to give it to us. You got to, like, you got to, like, fake us out like we're children and put the breadcrumbs in there. And we ain't got no choice <laughs> but to eat it. <laughs> See, yeah, I, I did not realize. Um, That's very I funny. also think... I also think kind of like a profound, interesting, it kind of goes to what, what you guys were talking about with R. Kelly and Kanye is, and this is a little bit specific to uh, our show uh, because Justin is such a stan of uh, Michael Jackson, but uh, the, the loyalty towards like cultural icons yeah. is uh, that like are just like bigger than, you know, just a musician or just a, like, I think that's something that, or especially early in the series that I did not, uh, I did not realize that now, like, of course, like thinking about it intellectually, it makes total sense. Um, you know, when a society like does not give you a million portrayals of yourself, like the people who find a way to be raised to the top of the game, like mean more, um, but yeah, like that deep kind of devotion that people feel. And you still see it with like, you know, when the Weinstein stuff was going down, like all the people who were like uh, talking about like, oh, Bill Cosby, but you know, Bill Cosby this, but uh, but Weinstein's not in jail yet, like until he ended up in jail. But uh, I don't know. That, that was something that was like really eye-opening to me that makes total sense and is, is I think kind of, uh, I don't know, it's sort of like a profound statement on yeah. on on race in America. And I like mean, the after effects. One reason, and we've talked about this on the show before, but like, I think one reason that, and I'm not saying this is um, an excuse or correct in any shape, form or fashion, but I think one reason that a lot of at least black people hold on to these cultural icons, even after, you know, it comes out that they've done bad shit is because a lot of black people, and I can speak for myself, but I've had conversations with other black people as well who feel the same way, that a lot of our cultural icons get taken away from us, whether it's by murder uh, um, or, and then in this case, you Prison know, they'll get, taken, they'll get taken away from us because of shit that 
they did, you know, and, and it's not, we're not saying that they shouldn't be, but it's just hard to keep having like, like a Martin Luther King and then a Bill Cosby and then like all the Michael Jackson, all these black icons when we don't have that many to begin with <laughs> who like, who like get taken away from us, for, uh, you know, whether it's through their own doing or not. Um, so I think that's why you see a lot more holding on to these names. Um, I don't the know work who, that they do. Yeah. I don't know who said it exactly. I think it was Tennessee Coates on, the daily show but he was saying like you can't name a black figure who hasn't been criminalized in some way like yeah any black figure even nelson mandela went to prison like you know what i mean like any black figure you think about has somehow been criminalized and i think that at times there can be an over defensiveness in reaction to that that isn't always warranted i mean we definitely saw it with how snoop dogg treated gail king who you know was just asking a question now was that question unfairly timed or maybe in poor taste someone can argue that but soup dog's response was like we'll get you wild get you bitch it's like yo chill out snoop but i think that that defensiveness comes from like can't we just have a moment in when you consider white artists and obviously i don't think this argument is always made in bad in good faith but like you know i remember when david bowie died someone brought up the fact that he had sex with that 16 year old and I just remember every white woman in the world was on Twitter being like, you don't understand the truth of that story and all that. And I think someone looks at that and can kind of try to compare the two, which isn't necessarily fair. I don't think you should do that. But I think that that's kind of where that defensiveness may come from. Again, I'm not endorsing it. No, yeah. no, of course. But I think it's like well-earned defensiveness because the truth is like, even if David Bowie, you know, was even if it was like as problematic to talk about David or to like listen to David Bowie publicly as it is to like blast a Michael Jackson song. Although I think that's kind of past, but like uh, as it was right after the documentary came out or whatever, there's like 800 million other David Bowie types. I mean, David Bowie is unique and whatever, but like there's not like a scarcity, you know what I mean? Of Mm -hmm. like other white icons, you know what I mean? Like they, they don't, there, there's not the same cultural baggage attached where it, uh, and I don't mean cultural baggage in a negative way. I mean it in like, there's not, we don't have to, white people don't have to pin their hopes to a few people. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, yeah, there's, it's the default as fucked up as that is. And it shouldn't be. Um, but so I think a lot of times, one of the things that I early on uh, would find is, white friends would ask me what it was like to be the only white person in the room or like when certain issues would come up, they would ask me like, well, what's the room thing? (laughs) Like as though I were like some kind of like ambassador between, between our peoples. Um, And the thing often that it was, was like, you know, would be like Michael Jackson or Bill Cosby Mm. or Mm. whatever. And it's like, I think for some white people, there's like this weird sense of, uh, or like the OJ doc, like that was one for sure that I was like, what, what are people saying? People were like, what are people saying in the room? And I think there's a sense that like white people, a lot of white people, I don't want to paint with too broad a brush. Cause I've gotten in trouble for just like saying fuck white people before. Um, but yeah, you can say it on this podcast. my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess the alt right probably doesn't, probably isn't a big uh, culture kings 
That you big know Culture what? Kings Breitbart crossover. Actually, Maybe? there is. <laughs> it's pretty weird. But, um, uh, let me tell you, if they're not, it's not because we're not trying to get them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think there is a sense that like certain white people really want they want to live in this like post-racial society and so they want like proof yes. of equal justice in some way they're, like they want to hear stories like i think what a lot of my white f- friends wanted to hear was like yeah that everybody's so outraged about michael jackson not everybody's really conflicted because it's like hard i think they wanted to like i don't know if that makes sense but no, it's it makes it's, perfect sense yeah yeah no it's like kind of like when you're a kid and you get spanked and then your little brother does something. There's a part of you that wants. I mean, I, I know you definitely feel this, Jack. It's like that older brother of like you want your brother to be punished in the same way. You want him to feel it in the same way. And when your parents, <laughs> when your parents didn't, it would like. I remember '80s they used to do some shit that I never could get away with, and it would fuck me up so much. But I'm just like, what is that? Like, what is that part of me that wants to see '80s get punished? Like. Isn't the better thing for Elise to like learn why he did what was wrong and like learn from it? I mean, obviously, these are thoughts that I have now that I've been in therapy. But when I was a kid, I'd be like, man, spank this nigga. Spank this nigga hard, bro. I did this shit five years ago. Spank this nigga. And that's what, and that's what you used to say, too, right? To your dad's and your mom's face. Yo, I, said, I know y'all trying to enjoy your morning coffee. But if y'all don't spank this nigga right now for what he did. <laughs> Keith, my parents never drank coffee in their life. I, you know what? Nobody in my house ever drank coffee in their life either, and I don't drink yeah. coffee to this day. Yeah, I don't drink coffee. I think that's a very white thing. I understand that there's black people who drink coffee, but <laughs> I ain't never seen no niggas in no Folgers commercials. <laughs> hey, the, that's because the best part of waking up for us is waking up. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! It's not I'm Folgers alive? in that cup. <laughs> the fuck out. I don't need a fucking I just Folgers, feel like the dude. best part of nobody's life is Folgers if that's the best part of your life like shit has taken a very sad turn yeah. Yeah. it's like not even real coffee it, you know yeah it's not yeah. real I also mean, I would just know. like to say that like our again almost completely black room does Starbucks orders all the time it's true. everybody it's true. but Edgar orders so like cause, cause I'm the realest nigga in the room hey man you don't, you don't, you don't at least get those like little Rice Krispie treats uh, or you know some. You no, get he, gets the milk, he gets like the milkshake okay, okay. Yeah, I got the milkshake the vanilla bean the frat, frappuccino basically, it's basically just ice cream I love it I love me it me too you know what? You know the 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 fix that a lot of people didn't have that now they do. Like Snoop Dogg, for instance, you bought a Snoop Dogg. Is back in the day they didn't have Jada Pinkin to like invite them to the red table, you know. <laughs> and and now they do. They have Jada to invite them to the red table did, to talk these things out. <laughs> did you guys see the red table about coronavirus? No, no. I haven't seen that yet. Where Will talked about how. Oh, the I Am Legend shit? <laughs> yes. I, I haven't seen it, but I've saw like clips of, yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he was like, you know, I played a virologist in that. And so, and then like, he's like, so I did a lot of research. And then starts uh, talking like he's Dr. Fauci for a while. And yeah. then is like, I just feel like I gave people the wrong, like he, he acted as though he was in like a, uh, he was in like a virus PSA years ago that gave all the wrong information. It's like, yeah, yeah. we didn't think the zombie movie was real, Will. 
Yeah, like, like ain't nobody, <laughs> ain't nobody thinking we are legends and we just the only humans alive, bro. We trying to stay alive, my man. <laughs> What's the purpose of that show? Like, I, I'm really confused as to what it functions as. Like, is it supposed to be the new Oprah? Like, yes, kind of. For not knowing what the purpose is, I feel like you just summed it up pretty quickly. <laughs> I think, I think the show started as like a, hey, let's just get the Smith family to talk to each other. And then, and then, and then when T.I. was checking for his daughter's hymen and she invited <laughs> him and then it started to switch over to Jada is the person you go to when you need to talk these tough situations out. Uh, yeah, because I saw a tweet and it was Snoop Dogg talking about how Ari Lennox needs to use her real hair instead of wear a wig. And then the next image was. Welcome back to the show, Snoop. <laughs> and it was the red table. And I was like, oh, I guess, is that what the show is now? It's like, if you say something problematic on the internet, you go to the red table now? I, I'm, I'm telling you, that's what it is, bro. That's what it is. <laughs> Can you imagine Bill Cosby at that red table? Oh, my God. <laughs> I did not do the things that they are saying I did. <laughs> uh, remember when Jada acted? That was fun. Hey man, Jada. Was she, in? she was. I, uh, she's a great actress. She's a great she actress. Was, I really. I yeah. Jason's Don't lyric. Scream two. Oh, Scream two was fun. Jason's lyric was like the first horny movie of my childhood. Uh, she was in that movie. I forget the dude's name, but she was in it. And <laughs> and there's no reason I should have been watching that movie as like a seven year old because it's nothing but sex. Uh, <laughs> but. Then she did Woo. You guys remember Woo? Oh, yeah. I remember Woo. She was bad. That movie was bad. But then I think movie. the last movie she, like, I mean, she's done other stuff. She was in, like, Girls Trip and stuff like that. But That's true. That's true. She's I think I think the thing where her career just kind of, like, she stopped being as prolific is when she did Ali and met Will Smith. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's true. That or The Matrix. I feel like her Matrix. Ah, that's right. Because she was in the video game, too. Remember? Yeah, like, she was. Like, the spin-off game yeah. that was like, oh, you have to play the game to get the full story. Yeah, that uh, game was game was trash. That, that game was not good, but the first one, the one where it was, uh, what's the girl? Is it Carrie Moss? Is that her name? Yeah. yeah. Where she was a character. Maybe she was a character in all of them. I don't know. That was so long ago. Too long ago. Too long. Uh, Jack, so uh, what's some other shows you've worked on that that like the people would know Ooh, I, that that's a tough one people okay. the people would know um, <laughs> no i worked on uh difficult people on hulu uh the uh julie klausner billy eichner show nice um i worked on a bunch of network shows um that don't exist anymore but were fun mm-hmm. uh when i was on them uh and then most recently i worked on this sh- uh let's see most recently i worked on the show for hbo max that's coming out next year uh called love life that's like anna kendrick falling in love in new york mm, mm-hmm. somewhat so, so, well it, it, it might be good we'll see <laughs> do, you cons- do you consider I, yourself a comedy writer or a drama writer uh i'm uh i would say that i am more a drama i feel like i'm a drama writer who can write a joke more than i am a uh com- the pure comedy writer but uh yeah. I got in through comedy, and so Dear White People was like the first show that felt like it was sort of close to the type of stuff I, I yeah, gotcha. So, all right, so you know how if you got in through comedy, 
but you are starting to feel like you're more of a dramatic writer. How does is that a switch that you started to make just as your your writing process grew, or is that just like I kind of knew from jump that I wanted to write drama, uh, but the way the industry works uh, so often is that like your reps just like put you in like a box of like mm-hmm. I can't like right now you I you have heat in this like one space. So yeah. like, don't complicate it by being like, well, actually I also want to do these things. Uh, and so they, their advice or his, my old agent's advice um, was, I think it was actually really good advice was just like work as much as you possibly can, like get staffed as much as you can and then like build a career. And then once you're a known quantity, you can start doing other things, which actually ended up being kind of exactly what happened. I've, since I've been on dear white people, I've pretty much exclusively done like, dramedy kind of stuff like half hour like more dark not dark but more dramatic half hours network execs love dear white people like if you just say i work on dear white people network execs just like their whole attitude changes yeah it's definitely true i wonder sometimes if they've seen it um yeah or if they've just heard it's good um but uh yeah it's it's definitely not a bad thing to have worked on uh, dear white people and i doesn't i love the show you know who doesn't like dear white people? White uh, people. The, well, yeah, well, the, yeah. The guy I bought my car from, I was at Avis, and he was like, "What do you do?" And I was like, "I'm a writer." And he's like, "On what show, Dear White People?" And he's like, "I'm gonna watch it and come back tomorrow, and I'm gonna tell you my thoughts." And I came back the next day, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I didn't like that shit." And I was like, "Why did you have me come here to tell me you didn't like this?" Show? Wait a minute, you you went back without you had purchased the car, and you just went back for feedback. I went back. I forgot why I went back. I needed to like sign something, but he. I went <laughs> back. I went back, and he told me his feelings on the show in depth. Like I was like, "Oh, for sure, bro." Like. <laughs> also, the prospect of you just going back for feedback is very funny. It's so I funny, would, and also like kind of, kind of. I would believe. I was gonna yeah. say, and it's not too unbelievable. <laughs> for sure, <laughs> she yeah, would go back. He said he was gonna tell me what he thought. He was like, yeah, man, you know. I think the woman is, she's like, I think the woman is very beautiful, but she's too militant. She's mm-hmm. too militant for me. It's very smart to show, but too militant. Too mil- you know right, who would well- like it? My friend Bobby. I had a black friend in college named Bobby. I think he would like it. And I was like, all right, man, give me my papers. Let me get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the number of times that white people that I like come across will ask me what I work on. And I say, dear white people. And you can see like a change in them where they're like no longer sure what they're allowed to say around me. And yeah. then they'll be like, have you had the one guy I remember at the bank one day was like, Oh, what do you work on? And I said, dear white people. And he goes, have you guys uh, had trouble with the name? And it was like, all right, <laughs> calm, calm down. Yeah, uh, Mr. White banker who I just met 12 seconds ago, <laughs> giving me advice on a show that's been on the air for four years. Have you guys yeah. had trouble with the name? <laughs> Yes, that's so funny. And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. We've had trouble with the name for sure. Yeah, trouble. Um. All right. So we're going into the fourth season, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah. Season four. Season four. Um. Which congratulations. Uh, Thank you. That's dope. Um. Especially because Netflix. I feel like outside of House of Cards. Well, outside of not House of Cards. Orange is the New Black. Like around that third or fourth season is when like they start thinking about. All right. Well pull the plug but they 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 keeping you guys going which is dope uh well, i mean they, this is our last season so that's 
<laughs> All right. So, so they're still pulling the plug. They're just giving us time to. They're giving you time. You know, they're they're shining that plug up for you. Okay. Yeah, ex- exactly. They're, it. It's a very polished plug. <laughs> uh, if somebody, you know, for the few of our fans who have never, who haven't watched the movie, who haven't seen the show, first of all, go watch it. Uh, as the showrunner, what's your what's your like elevator pitch to a, a person who says, "Oh, what's that show about?" or should I watch it? Uh, it is a ba- I would say it's about a group of black students at a predominantly white Ivy League university uh, dealing with life in all of its forms, uh, racial injustice, but also just like who do they have crushes on and who do they want to sleep with and normal mm-hmm. college kid stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously normal college kid stuff also includes uh, dealing with uh, systemic racism, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Which it does. It does. I went to a predominantly white school. Uh, you did too, Edgar, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the funny thing then too, is even like now, I feel like we have moved our social consciousness uh, as a whole um, a little bit further than it was like when I was in college or when you were in college, Edgar. But even back then, like I realize shit now that I didn't realize back then, right? Like the amount of shit that you experienced, or you're just like, that was fucking crazy yeah, racist. It was fuck. <laughs> it was like that shit was racist as shit. Uh, like I remember I had a uh, a the like a person I was in the show with. Uh, the director and she was just like hey Jackies um I'm, you're great you're doing so great but can you just like articulate a little bit more and you know like not with the bonics and I didn't think anything of it then because I was just like oh this is just a director trying to help me be a better actor but now I'm like bitch that shit <laughs> like, that's and then I I had another teacher tell me when i said nigga freshman year of college actor teacher and she was like oh don't say that word old white woman oh don't say that word <sighs> and it got me thinking like oh should i not say that word no i'm like but, woman nigga if you don't get out of my face <laughs> I, I don't know jakees i think both women are right i think that you were, you were wilding in that first story you were probably eating popcorn and shit while you was talking yeah. and she's like hey you take the popcorn out your mouth so i can hear you clearly you're right like and then in that second story i was talking to right. the dean of i was talking to the dean yeah. of the school yeah after he was coming in to tell us about the death of a student i was like nigga if you don't get out of here <laughs> yeah. i'm trying she's to like, learn nigga and she <laughs> and she said jakees don't say that word <laughs> uh jack uh I know I saw you, Jack, you're a very active person on Twitter. I know you try your hardest uh, not to be. Yeah. You try, you try your hardest not to be, but you can't help but fight for the people. And there was something that you talked about earlier today that I kind of wanted to like give you a little bit of time to like spotlight it. And can you kind of like break? I mean, I, I did what you told me to do. I don't know what I did. I don't know what it means, but I did it. I was like, yeah, I'll, I could do this. It takes like a minute. But can you kind of break down what she was talking about earlier on Twitter? Yeah. So. Basically, there's this bill that's being worked on in uh, the Senate and in the House called Earn It, uh, which is based. It's led by Lindsey Graham, so you know it's good. Uh, yeah. that, that guy, that the guy, king. just the king. Each one, each bill is just fire, just like <laughs> one after the next. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's basically 
what the bill would do is it would establish a a committee that would look over that would basically create uh standards for um what an internet company what apps what whatever would have to do to get certified to like work in america basically mm. and and the big problem is that it's designed uh in such a way that basically it would it would end encryption like yeah end-to-end encryption where it's like if you and i i message right now apple doesn't have uh access re- to what we i message each other it's it's they don't just, have a record you, of it you have to have our phone you'd have to have one of the phones to do it because mm-hmm. it's encrypted on both ends and what this would do is it would put a back do- they basically what the government wants to do is put back doors and encryption so that the government can look at encrypted messages and their justification for this is to protect uh children from being abused which of course is like a great cause um but unfortunately what they've done and they did this last year with uh a, a, or maybe two years ago now with a bill called sesta fosta um they did the same thing they used like the the threat the idea of like human trafficking child trafficking as a way to like make it illegal for there to be any discussion of like adult sex work like uh consensual adult sex work on on the internet it used to be that if you posted something online uh say you posted like a a pirated video on youtube the law would say that you google who owns youtube is not responsible like legally for that pirated material so long as they make a good faith effort to take it down when they're alerted to it sesta fosta closed that loophole so if when it comes exclusively when it comes to human trafficking, which they define as any adult sex work. So basically if you're a sex worker, like all of the websites you use to advertise, so you're not walking on the street or like sites you use to vet clients and shit, uh, all of those became illegal to host. And so they went away, which made like violence against sex workers go up kind of like at an alarmingly huge rate. And so earn, it's basically the next step in that same kind of playbook only now it's coming for encryption which protects messages between people so yeah like i was a sex worker in college that's like how i helped pay my way through school and so obviously like i'm invested in this but earn it actually has huge implications for uh negative implications for like journalism like whistleblowers and shit like if you don't have if you're not allowed to have encrypted uh conversations then like the government can just find out who who blew the whistle like an edward snowden could never happen mm-hmm. um and then furthermore it would the bigger thing that a lot of tech people are talking about is that if you put in a back door for the government to use it will not exclusively be used by the government like hackers will find a way to use it too because you can't create a backdoor that's like only for good guys right and so the idea is once you break encryption you've broken encryption so uh basically earn it would potentially end uh end to end or could potentially end end to end encryption which is hugely important for obviously for sex workers to coordinate without getting in trouble um but also a whole host of other people who who depend on encryption uh to live their lives safely um so basically uh write your congressman write your senator um tell them not to do it basically sesta fosta passed by like Republicans, Democrats, like everybody supported it because you don't want to come out as being like anti, anti the child trafficking bill. Right. Um, but it wasn't until after it passed that a bunch of people were like, hey, you guys screwed up. And a lot of them said like, well, nobody told us that beforehand that we, we just were talking about child trafficking. We didn't want that. 
which is like, yeah, no, nobody wants that. Same thing. So basically what we're trying to do in this case is stop that from happening again. We're trying to alert people ahead of time. Like, Hey, this thing is fucked up. They're working on it. And they, uh, it could cause huge, huge problems down the line for how we use the internet. Yeah. I mean, it's not, like you said, it's not just sex workers. Like it's end to end encryption is extremely valuable for everybody. Uh, especially like, you know, people like Jaquise and I who love to shit talk other people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, basically when I shit talk somebody to Jaquise, only Jaquise and I know Matt doesn't know all the terrible things that we say behind his back Not when at all. we text him. And now with this, with this act would do, it, it would give Matt a chance to, you know, I mean, it's impossible for Matt to like go to school and learn, but he could go to school, learn all this hacking shit, and then hack into the system and read all of our text messages. And you know what? I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like that at all. I wouldn't want Matt to know the terrible things that we say about him between our text messages. <laughs> if it's any worse than the things you do say in front of me, then I think it's probably okay. Hey. <laughs> Shut up, you racist. <laughs> I can I pitch a new name for the show? It should be called Dear Mad Apodaca. That's right. <laughs> it's exclusively addressed to Matt. Yeah. And yes. nobody else. Uh well so, that's thank you for all that information, man. That's that's extremely yeah, important. Sorry for man. sorry yeah. for the rant, but it's oh, no, uh, no, 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 man. Not at all. Anything. I, I, mean, I, I didn't know any of that. So that that is I'm glad to know that now. And I'm glad to have something that is worth supporting to support, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's it took me like 20 seconds to email Diane Feinstein, which is our senator here in California. And the other one is everybody's favorite Kamala Harris. So like, mm. uh, I don't know if you, you have know. you guys heard she's a cop. No, nah, I never heard that. That's brand new. Yeah, I that's new. Be- that's like a new thing. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Learn something <laughs> but, new every day. Every day. Uh, Jack. But yeah. Now go ahead. No, do it. Do it. You was doing it. No, no, no. Uh, so Jack, this was dope, man. It was, it was, it was so thank you so much for, I mean, at this point we all have nothing but time, but still thank you for <laughs> giving us your time and, and, and stopping by and, and chatting with us, dude. Um, what what's 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 something right now that you are that you are watching that you think can get people through the time right now or time anytime besides the OC we we talked about Man, the OC the OC is really helping um, yeah you know this is like a it's not a watch but it's something that is like keeping me sane so I uh, I downloaded a PlayStation three emulator on my computer oh wow uh, and have been playing NCAA football 14 and let me tell you it is a great distraction to just be recruiting virtual uh virtual teenagers to play play for UCLA has been a total a total enjoyment so uh I would recommend downloading a PlayStation 3 emulator and uh of course only if you legally own the games everybody Oh right, yeah. right. That's, we, of course, of course. That's the important thing. Listen, if there's something that we are known for is legality. That's right. Yes. We 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 don't believe in illegal downloading whatsoever. Not at all. Not at all. Definitely not. And Sony, I mean, look, Sony is a small mom and pop operation. Mm-hmm. They right. need they need your money. Mm-hmm. That's right. So just mm-hmm. like admit it. Yeah. Jeff, yeah. Jeff Jeff Sony came to this country with five dollars in his pocket and a dream. <laughs> 
Five dollars in the dream, a suitcase in the dream. (laughs) (laughs) Is that his real name, Jeff Sony? Is that the Sony dude? No, I don't know. I think it's a Japanese company. (laughs) Japanese people can be called Jeff Edgar. Their names can be Jeff. That's very fair. fair. Uh, Jack, thank you so much for coming on, dude. I appreciate you. Where can people find you if you want to be found in the world? Uh, At Jack P. Moore on Twitter. Um, although I really, as Edgar said, I try not to tweet, although quarantine has kind of thrown that out the window. Um, and, uh, J at JCKMR on Instagram. Sweet. When the season of the last and final season four of dear white people comes out on Netflix, go watch all of it. Not to support Edgar, only to support Jack Moore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and you can actually send that to Netflix when you watch it, just like send them an email. Like, this is not about Edgar. (laughs) (laughs) What a guy. What a guy. Thank you for introducing me to him, Edgar. Oh, he's a solid dude, man. Jack Moore's one of the real ones. You know what I mean? Like, you just meet people. Sometimes who you just connect with and you just vibe with. And then on top of that, they just are also real enough with you to like kind of open up a side of themselves that you've never really would have even considered was a possibility. You learn so much, man. I really appreciated how open he was in letting us know about that new bill that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I didn't know anything about that, which sucks because you would think. Something that important would be at the top of everybody's or near. I mean, look, it's a lot of shit going on right now, but you would think that would be a more known thing. So that just tells you that just tells you about that dude, you know, like he's even with the shit going on, he's still finding the important causes. Also, I didn't know that the room was so diverse, like probably one of the most diverse rooms. uh, In TV right now with. Mostly all people of color, yeah. uh, different uh, sexual preferences. Is that the correct way to to say that? And, and no, it's no, it's not. Get them woke, police. Ah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my, I don't know if I can handle. I don't know if I can handle the woke police in, in these times right now. <laughs> I've just been saying so much problematic shit during the quarantine that you know. I've, oh, me too. Me too, Jaquise, me too. What what have you been saying? Well, you know, uh <laughs> you know, I've just been saying things like, uh, you know, what would you rather be? Stricken with coronavirus or you know what? I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> God damn it. All right, guys, stand down, stand down, woke police, stand down. Sorry. <laughs> I still have my wits and my smarts to know not to get in trouble on the podcast. But no, Jack Moore's a really smart dude. He's a really dope dude. And you're right, that room is incredibly diverse, whether it be sexual preference or race or and you know, it just stimulates really strong, good conversations. Mm-hmm. 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 So you told me that in any episode you learned about leakage. What's one other thing that you've learned that you didn't know? He said, oh, in the episode that I learned about. 
Oh, um, pups. Have you ever heard of this thing called pups? Pups, like P U P S. Yeah, like like the dog, like a little puppy. Uh, I've heard of puppies, but I haven't heard of pups. No, I think I don't know if I'm gonna even describe it right. But so I think you should just Google it. But to my understanding of it, it's people who like to be domed by acting like dogs. Like okay, so they like to act like dogs in bed and no no i'm talking about like they wear a leash and get walked around and shit like that again i could be explaining this terribly this is secondhand source information so if someone wants to come into my twitter dms and correct me please do actually call me out on the thread line like let's be real but so it's almost like 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 carol baskin in that picture with her husband yes where he's like on the leash but he's a tiger yes it's like that and and what is the purpose of this I don't know. Some people get off on it, nigga. What you mean? What's the purpose of it? No, I didn't know. Like, is it the beginning the of purpose? a sexual thing? What's What's or... the purpose? What's the purpose of you wearing a Spider Man mask every time you have sex? I mean, listen, I enjoy Spider Man. Uh, that one scene where he's holding like the building, and and what's her name? Uh, Kristen Dunst says, "You are Spider Man, aren't you?" And he says, "Yes." And then he says. And I love you. Like that gives me an erection every time. So yeah, uh, you have to you have to role play that scene, or else you can't ejaculate. I can. I have to hold up the mattress with Jess underneath it, and then when I finally buckle from the pressure of holding up a, a queen size mattress, my penis falls inside of her, and we start to have sex. You know, most people uh, most people have a lot of semen on their uh, mattress. You have a lot of mm-hmm. semen on your box spring. Yes. I don't have a box spring. I have an Ikea mom, which means I have slats. I have semen on my slats. You have semen on your slats, yeah. Yes, I have semen on my slats. And uh, on that note, let's do a Queen of the Week. Queen of the Week. I think for the last few episodes, all of our Queens of the Week have have been segued from like some nasty shit. Yeah. Um, And honestly... Would you expect anything else from us? Not at all. Like, would you? Would you? All right. Let's put a pin in this. I keep forgetting to, like, get some ready. I got one. After you, my friend. You know, she has been queen of the week before. She has been on this pod, I think, multiple times. Uh, Our queen of the week is Ray Sani because... Honestly, her Twitter has been the most entertaining to me during this COVID nineteen dilemma. Uh, she's just tweeting wild, like she. I, I mean, which is crazy because Ray already tweets wild, but Ray has been going off during this COVID nineteen. Uh, I almost call it the COVID nineteen scandal. During this COVID nineteen scandal, uh, Ray Sani has been going off. So if you're looking for an entertaining Twitter account. Because as you guys know, I have blocked all news, all science. My Twitter account is nothing but memes and jokes. Mm. So uh, Ray Sani, number one on that list for me right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Ray actually have something coming out pretty soon. By the time you hear this, it may be out. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, she's she's the homie and she's dope. I have one that's also been a queen before. And yesterday I saw her. I, I, I think this is dope. 
is how you get to the new millennials and the Gen Zers and the people of our age. Uh, AOC did a does like Instagram live uh, videos like weekly, if not every other day, where she makes a drink and then just talk shit about Congress. And I fucking love it. I think that is so relatable. And that's how you get people into politics is all right yeah i'm just like you i can i make i'm making drinks i can do facebook live or instagram live i can talk to you and then also like the way she's standing up you know that bill that passed uh you know for coronavirus relief man she was she was a real one she was saying this shit sucks and she's beating that drum as loud as possible um so you know i i think it's really dope to have somebody who's so young in Congress who gets it, uh, but also still has a way that they can relate to us and bring us in, which is, I think, been a problem uh, in politics over the past few years, unfortunately, is how do you get that youth in, which is why Obama was so popular, right? He got the youth in, uh, whether policy aside, he got motherfuckers excited. So that's going to be the key. And I think she's pretty dope for that. So I mean, AOC. I think, I think what you're saying is she's kind of meeting us where we're at. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's not like, you know, I mean, obviously town halls and all that stuff are important, but they just don't attract millennials. And she's saying, why don't we have these kind of forums, these kind of talks on the mediums that they are on? You know what I'm saying? So that's why yeah. you know, I, pre, you know, next time you you're if you're a lawmaker and you want to drop a little bit of policy, uh, you know, do it in a TikTok video. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Do it in the Snapchat. You trying to if you're a if you're a male, you know, senator trying to raise funds, drop some dong on OnlyFans. I mean, listen. If any Congress person dropped to OnlyFans, I would subscribe just out of pure curiosity. Absolutely. Pure curiosity. Absolutely. And then they got dong pictures and then policy right under it, like a like a late like an Instagram layout where you get two pictures in one. I think that's the way. How do you get? That's the that's the easiest way to get people in. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, look. Imagine if Bernie Sanders was just like, "Yo, I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna be revealing my uh, my healthcare plan on my Animal Crossing island tonight. Come mm-hmm. by." <laughs> That nigga wouldn't be he wouldn't be losing right now. Like everyone's talking about, oh, it's the establishment Dems. That's why he's losing. Oh, it's the media only talking about Bernie Bros. That's why he's losing. No, Bernie Sanders is losing right now because he never opened the gate to his Animal Kingdom Island or Animal Crossing Island. I'm sorry. You know, I guess in some form or fashion, we all believe in borders. So does Bernie. Uh, <laughs> at Jaquise Neal on all social media. At Edgar Montplazier on Twitter. Awful Graham on the Graham. Guys, I hope you're getting through. I'm going to say it like I say it all the time. Wash your damn hands. Stay inside. And uh, if you're listening to this after coronavirus, is a long memory. Stay the fuck inside and wash your damn hands. Let's just never go outside again. Let's make that the new norm. No outside for anybody except 
young prince at Badaka. We didn't forget about you, young prince. Oh, uh, he thought. He thought. He was just like, <laughs> was oh, this they close. don't remember. Yeah. He thought we forgot about him. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know this, but during perilous times, young prince has one thing that he does that soothes him, and he is imploring us to take it up. Would you guys like to know what that is? Would you like to know what that is, Edgar? You probably already know, but would you like to know? I would like for you to say it so that our guests will know, but I know exactly what it is. He irons his sheets. Yeah. And when I say sheets, I don't mean bed sheets. No. Or, you know, self-tape backdrop sheets. No. You guys know the sheets that I mean. He irons them, and that soothes him because you can't have wrinkled sheets. No, Matt would never ever show up to a cross burning with some wrinkled clan Ugh. outfits. He, Matt, look, they, this is what they say about Matt and the clan. They say, listen, is he lazy? Yes. <laughs> is his uh, nigger kills lower than everyone else's in the clan? Absolutely. <laughs> but my boy, Matt Apodaca, shows up fly as fuck to the the cross burnings i mean he got creases in his sheets and if you know anything about black people in the 90s we loved our creases and it's like he's roasting us he is he's like ha these whack-ass creases let me show you how they really look i'm just glad that that number you mentioned is low (laughs) oh oh, matt your nigger kills are low but you'll come up you'll come up you'll Uh, come up you know where to find uh, us all we're all in the house yeah would you say that i'm a freak in the sheets no, no, I would not say that. I would say that you're a racist in the sheets. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, but the damn Daniel with the white vans was actually about Matt at a clan meeting because he rocked the freshest white vans with his clan outfit. <laughs> oh, was, shit. That's dope, dude. Yo. Yeah. Clan suits with fashion. You should mm-hmm. market that. You should mark. You should make that an Etsy. Oh, you haven't seen you haven't seen his fashion Instagram? Of I all haven't his, seen it. Well, him it's called it's a uh, at Matt Clan looks, and it's <laughs> oh <laughs> oh oh shit! Look at this. Yes, I don't want he posted earlier. Yeah, oh, yo man, yo this clan <laughs> suit with a picture of Tupac and Biggie hugging, with That's a nice. bullet going through both of their heads. <laughs> That's nice. That's <laughs> nice, Matt. <laughs> What you've both failed to realize is that you basically finished the episode and then started on this. This is the easiest thing for me to live. <laughs> no, Matt. Don't cut it. Don't, Don't cut, cut it. it. Don't cut you it. You gotta let the people know. We're trying to get you traffic. We trying I'm to get tweeting. you traffic. God. I'm tweeting. I'm tweeting right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's something that if it was cut from the Matt Apodaca episode, actually, you know what you're forgetting, Matt, is that we have the files. Yeah, we just released the tapes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we can really. Yeah, we're not in the studio now. We can release the tapes, baby. We're releasing the tapes, man. <laughs> Everybody, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>